0: Okay, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. One, two, three. Nice. Okay, nice. Nailed it. Really good. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to the first inaugural episode of Pronouns in Bio, the new podcast by trans people for trans people, certainly for at least two trans people. At least two, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually a test episode, so we don't know if any of this footage will ever be aired. Um, So if it is, consider yourselves lucky. I guess let's start off by saying a little bit about who we are and what we're doing here. After you, my dear Milady. My <laughs> oh, that's agenda. That's uh... <laughs> right.
1: We'll have to start start again. <laughs> start again. Start again. <laughs> um, my name is Ri. I'm here because I'm non-binary and trans, and I want to hear more trans people talking and saying interesting things and hopefully being funny and I'm uh, I'm sick of doom scrolling and all of the the bad news that we have to deal with so I wanted to put something funny and light into the world
0: and I'm cleo Madeline I'm a doctoral researcher at the University of East Anglia um, and in my spare time, I'm an activist, a poet, and uh, a trans woman. So my pronouns are she slash her, and that is why that is why we're here today. I'm mostly here because Re is here, and I was going to get separation anxiety, <laughs> um, but, but hopefully also here for for some jokes, for some good times. Mm-hmm. What have we decided to talk about today, Ree? Remind me.
1: We are talking about the trans property, The Matrix. So for, for everyone
0: born after nine eleven in the audience, The Matrix... <laughs> Which is probably um, is quite a, a mo- few
1: people. Yeah, well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> flattering ourselves a bit there, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least one, hopefully. Yeah. I'll send it yeah. to my sister.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yes, if there are any Zoomers out there... Um, <laughs> I just want please, to drag
1: know, but... please drag yeah, us. Please
0: drag us. <laughs> yeah, please drag. It's the only way we can feel anymore. <laughs> yeah, The Matrix was a movie that came out in what was it, 1999?
1: Yeah, 1999. Something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: the sort of thing that we probably should have Googled before um, <laughs> we did a podcast about it.
1: Yep.
0: Directed by famous trans-aesthetes, the Wachowski sisters, um, and is a movie that depicts a global conspiracy to trans-up normies, in which Keanu Reeves takes centre stage as a regular cishet guy who is given superpowers by goths.
1: Yeah, that's a perfect summary. (laughs) Perfect summary. If you haven't seen it yet, then... That's a perfect reason to, that description alone.
0: Oh, 100%. In fact, I think you actually don't need to see it now that we've... uh, That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, you should see it, though. (laughs) Yeah, you should see it. And if you're listening, Lana and Lily, just, you know, slippers, the money, whenever. No such thing Mm -hmm. as bad press. Yeah. So talk to me about The Matrix. When did you first watch The Matrix?
1: Gosh, um my dad really schooled me in in all things film when i was growing up so i probably watched it way too young Mm, knowing mm. my dad and that's Um, why you are
0: the way you are today
1: yeah exactly yeah i probably watched it when i was about 12 or 13 i would say something like Mm, that mm. i uh had the matrix box set and also the blade box (laughs) set and they were my my most watched films explains a lot about me
0: yeah I think those are the two different categories of trans people the matrix trans people and the blade trans people
1: and non-binary people are are
0: oh 100% yeah yeah that's actually what we mean by non-binary you don't choose between the matrix or blade (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) yeah I remember there's actually a scene about this in the matrix where you know you watch it as a trans woman which I am I should have explained this earlier in the program spoiler alert (laughs) Um, when you watch it and you're like, oh, I've got an enormous crush on Trinity. And then you get to a certain age in your life and you're like, oh, oh, I see. Oh, I want to be Trinity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When we watched it together Mm -hmm. the other night, this, I was really struck by the scene where Trinity takes Neo to the club and she's like, yeah, (laughs) she's dancing to Rob Zombie and he stood up against the wall. And I'm like, me two weeks on HRT, me two years on HRT. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, yeah i mean recording this first episode four months into <laughs> lockdown watching just that kind of two minute clip in that grotty goth club just gave me such such desires deep in, yeah. my, in my stomach i just i wanted that so <laughs> yeah. bad for myself yeah. which
0: in in a sense gives you a really unique <laughs> ability to empathize with the protagonist who one uh, doesn't appear to get out much either and two doesn't know that he's trans Mm -hmm. so glow up baby we got you we have no choice but to stand (laughs) I think dark wave Mm -hmm. culture is obviously a big part of lots of I guess lots of queer cultures particularly among young people and, and gets that kind of representation in film partially because it grows out of the club scene of the 80s Partially because these alternative aesthetics inevitably get associated with marginalised groups. But also because if you're like a little egg and you don't know you're a little egg, but you have this very desperate desire to show that mm. on the outside that you are different on the inside, then goth is a huge gateway drug, you know. That's... Mm. Uh...
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's a really good point. There's a an article by um, Emily Vanderwerf on vox where she says that the matrix is by far the most influential work of pop culture ever created by a trans person and it is maybe the eggiest movie ever made um which i thought was a really really great quote should we explain one egg is i would imagine that if you're listening to this podcast you probably know
0: i'd hope that you do yeah um i mean for all of our cis readers at home um, cis listeners Cis listeners, that's true. Sorry, I didn't mean to use a slur. I know that cis people can't read. Um, you know, we're, we're rooting for you. Being cis is normal. It's okay to accept yourself. You do the honours. You do the honours.
1: Um, egg is a kind of colloquial term used on the internet to describe someone that is trans but isn't out yet or is trans but doesn't know it yet and Mm. cracking Mm. your egg is realizing that you are trans or or coming out as trans and obviously there's a very clear analog for that in the movie with neo literally coming out of a wet sack (laughs) uh, when he leaves the matrix so yeah that's a nice neat little uh, analog in the movie that many people have pointed out before us they can't Can't claim credit for that reading. Oh, we
0: should, though. Wait, that's true. Who's going to stop us? And, you know, and we have all been there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, waking up in a big egg, goo-filled egg, and clawing our way out with our sharp egg tooth, and and (laughs) finding that our bodies are different, we've got a dramatic haircut. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm just really loving the the picture of having, like, one single sharp egg tooth.
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. All trans people grow this way. Yeah. Can you imagine how fucked up it would be if you had more than one tooth? (laughs) I think that the way that corrective surgeries are forced on people is completely inhumane, but it it is right to remove cis people's extra teeth. Yeah,
1: one tooth's enough. One egg-cracking tooth's all you need.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's big enough for all of your needs. (laughs) Uh, You can do pretty much anything you want with it. (laughs) So the next segment on our show is called "Gaze of Future Past. Which, which, by the way, was a name that we came up with after... um, after a lengthy vetting process. Re, could you tell us a little bit about what this is going to entail?
1: Yep. Uh, shout out to my partner Lou for coming up with the name for this segment after, um, as Cleo said, a lot of entries. So, Gaze of Future Past is a segment where Cleo is going to try and convince me that a figure, be it real or historical or fictional, Um, was not straight but was in actual fact gay and or trans and at the end of uh, Cleo's petition I will decide whether or not I have been suitably convinced Uh, and hopefully you at home can also decide whether you are suitably convinced. So without further ado uh, who's on the uh, register for this week?
0: The case I'm going to present for you today Mm -hmm. is our man again for the zoomers at home. At the end of the Matrix having escaped from his egg, Keanu Reeves then grows up to become a mobster. He gets in deep, he gets back out, starts going by the name John Wick. Uh-huh. And then there's a whole other series of movies where he uses his trans superpowers to fight crime. So my pitch for you today mm. is John Wick is a he-him lesbian.
1: Okay. Okay, yes. Hit me. Do so,
0: it. obviously he, him, mm. because I've seen John Wick, you know, I know that he's taken his karate lessons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody's misgendering him. No. Like, jo- wh- whatever you say about John Wick, you know damn straight that he is getting the right pronouns <laughs> all the time. it <laughs> He's gotta be, gotta be he, him. Couldn't, yeah, I couldn't imagine,
1: I can not imagine misgendering him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine misgendering John Wick? All trans people will kill you if you misgender them. Um, It's why we get such bad
1: press. Right, yeah, it's true. We will do that.
0: John Wick is just really good at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I
0: suppose that's my first argument, that John Wick has to be, you know, non-binary, trans in some context, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because of all the killing on account of misgendering. (laughs) Um,
1: Right, so what you're saying is all of the killing that happens in the movies is because someone has misgendered him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and it's why in the movie. So again, if you've not seen the movie at home, there's this refrain where people call each other and they say, "You know, oh, you know, your son misgendered John Wick," <laughs> and then they'll be like, "John Wick." <laughs> and the reason that they like this name holds so much weight is because they know what happens if you dead name John Wick. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that's it. You you get killed with whatever. Whatever John Wick uses to to kill people with, I guess, knives, pencils, things of that ilk.
1: Does he use guns? I've seen the movie like three times. I'm pretty sure he uses guns.
0: I mean, he is a he-him lesbian, so one would assume that he's got several guns. Guns are a given, yeah. Guns are are (laughs) a given, yeah. I've been on Tinder enough to know that he-him lesbians have a few guns going around. So, if you needed more proof that John Wick is a trans he him lesbian besides the fact that the main plot of the three movies is him killing people for misgendering him uh with guns that he also uses for sex Mm -hmm. that hair and beard combination yeah now if it was just the sort of mid to shoulder length dark hair with something a little bit bangy going on up at the front then you know we're Mm. not we're not too far from the turf danger zone but stick a little well-trimmed goatee on that there's <laughs> that hairstyle with that beard there's just there's nothing that's, more lesbian that's really
1: true yeah that's really true it's a really lesbian it's haircut. just an incredibly Absolutely. lesbian look i hadn't thought about it before but it's a you make a very convincing point point. Yeah,
0: and my concluding argument is at the beginning of the film john wick colon I'm trying to think of a John Wick gender pun, but I can't.
1: (laughs) You had one job.
0: (laughs) John Wick loves pronouns. (laughs) Oh, Oh, cut. 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 Shut off the mic.
1: (laughs) I mean, there wasn't the third John Wick movie called. Parabellum. Uh, the third John Wick movie
0: was called Parabellum, which uh, Nerd Alert is Latin for prepare for war and is from the, what? I believe, Senecan I... proverb, meaning uh, uh, going siwis pax, parabellum, which means if you misgender me, prepare for war.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. I was this close to cutting you off, but you you pulled it back in the end.
0: (laughs) I I have a PhD. I know this stuff. So yeah, rounding up my arguments at the beginning of John Wick One, the gender avenger, gender avenger, gender avenger. I'm gonna just keep saying gender avenger into the mic, and we'll use one of them.
1: (laughs) Avenger. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Javenger, um, it's cool for us to say it, but obviously we know that the word Javenger has a very loaded history. Um, it's the word cis people say when they demand you drop your pants in the bathroom.
1: Um, <laughs> Oi, Javenger! Oi, o- show us
0: your Javenger! <laughs> That is just what they're like. That is just what they're like. You know. It was controversial, but I do think ultimately brave to have a scene where John Wick actually kills a man with his Javenger. Um, um Yeah, mm. real uh
1: Was that that's uh he kills Theon Greyjoy with his Javenger, right? He
0: does. He does. <laughs> Theon Theon Greyjoy is plays the trans exclusionary radical feminist in famous movie. <laughs> John Wick, (laughs) Javengers Assemble.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you've made three salient and well-constructed points. (laughs) I've considered it, and I do in fact agree that John Wick is a he-him lesbian, and therefore uh, good work, good work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you very much. This is, um, you know, we, we do it for the grind. This is where in post we'll cue another jingle like.
1: Those are the gays of future past. Yeah!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Like. Those are the gays. (laughs) They
1: were actually gay. (laughs) They were actually gay. Yeah,
0: perfect. Perfect. (laughs) I'll splice those together. We'll be on Eurovision in no time. Just going back to the matrix for a bit. Okay. So this sure. is on the timeline before any of the before before John Wick has had his Javenger surgery.
1: <laughs> John Wick Javengers Assemble is really J- good. <laughs> that's really good.
0: Javengers assemble is that's what bottom surgery is called. That's the technical <laughs> <laughs> medical terminology. <laughs> I think we should talk about the original way that Switch was written in the script.
1: Yeah. Switch was originally written to present as male in reality, so outside of the matrix, but female in the matrix. Which I think yeah, you can you can read that absolutely as Switch being a trans man in reality. Hang on, I've lost my train of thought.
0: There's some large gender thoughts. There were some large gender thoughts there, yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, Switch was originally written to present as male outside of the Matrix, so in reality, uh, and female inside the Matrix. So um, Switch's last line in the movie is, not like this, and that really struck me when we watched it the other day, because... It's, uh, it's this really tragic line where Switch is kind of facing their death in the wrong body. And I think that like, horror is something very like, prevalent and very real for trans people. Particularly as we've seen mm. with the amount of, of black trans women that are getting murdered in the States. And they are constantly misgendered in, in the news reports. And it's it's really mm, kind mm, of down mm, to the community that they actually get gendered in the correct way, and yeah, like I seeing that on social media and having watched this movie again, that line just really struck me as like having this real tragedy to it.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Mm. Can you imagine being the editorial assistant who, or or I guess the production exec who went back to the Wachowskis and was like, "You need to change this. It sounds super trans." Yeah. Like, can you, can you imagine being them now and being like? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, this is, oh. this is too trans. Uh, the rest of the movie is not trans <laughs> at all. But this bit, this bit really stands out. <laughs> yeah.
0: You imagine, you take the gender flip character out of the Matrix and you're like, finally some good sensible cisgender film. <laughs> just
1: a, a good normal cis action movie. Yeah. <laughs> just a
0: regular movie. <laughs> that is the trans agenda. Mm-hmm. We are everywhere. I guess there are so many different ways of looking at the movie from a kind of from a kind of queer analytical perspective. When we watched this together, you talked about how one of the currents that runs through the Matrix, both in the the villain of Cypher, but also in Neo and Trinity and the other characters, is this idea of regret at the harshness of the world that they found themselves mm. in, even though they're now there i suppose authentic selves Mm.
1: yeah I, i when we watched it recently i had a newfound i guess empathy or sympathy for cypher as you said coming out of the matrix and being your true self it presents itself with its own difficulties and its own horrors and i i like really found myself like not blaming Cypher in a way for like wanting to go back and have an easier life albeit perhaps an inauthentic one if we can use that term he knows it's a lie but it has comfort in a way that the reality doesn't and I yeah that was a something that I didn't expect to feel when I went back to watch it I guess if that's kind of a sad point right that it kind of speaks to the fact that things have just gotten so much harder for us that I can sympathize with a character that's supposed to be a villain that just wants things to go back to an easier, quieter life. And mm, that's quite that's mm, quite human, mm. I think.
0: Yeah, I suppose you see the the humanity in him in this moment of mm, weakness. Yeah. This is gonna make super good reel for our fun, jokey trans podcast in which we pitch ourselves <laughs> as the servile guy with the sex offender mustache <laughs> in matrix
1: the cypher redeemers
0: that's the cypher redeemers trans people for cypher
1: i'm not i'm definitely i want to put a disclaimer i'm not claiming cypher as one of our own just making that very clear
0: cypher is definitely in the he him lesbian threat zone by the way he him lesbians listening to this podcast I only have the utmost respect for your culture.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> thought you were going to apologize. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you probably should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think we have to let the cis have cipher. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Much as we empathize. But, you know, cis people are people too. And I think that's something that we can try to remember in our day-to-day life
1: we should be reminded of that fact every now and then
0: yeah you know um with pride coming up especially there's a lot of cis erasure going on
1: mm, and yeah. so
0: when you see cypher crawling around on the floor like a horrible little rat betraying,
1: showing you his soft little belly yeah
0: when he like twiddles the ends of his mustache as he exposes his white little belly <laughs> just th- think of the cis people and the way that they're represented every day by characters like cypher <laughs>
1: gonna move on to our ally of the week segment and uh i know this is a bit left of field in what's usually included in in like queer content for queer people but i really feel like we need to uh count our ally blessings as they come considering we are so statistically small we definitely are gonna need them uh now more than ever so uh, each week we're going to Give a good ally a pat on the back uh, and recognise their efforts. Uh, Cleo, who is the ally of the week this week?
0: Violent J of Insane Clown Posse. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to begin this by saying that I don't condone the actions of all members of the Insane Clown Posse. Um, I've seen Batman enough times to know what the outcomes can be when clowns go bad. And I'm aware that there are plenty of cancellable offences among them. Um, I also don't really have any patience for detractors or defenders of the insane clown posse. And so if you do have any concerns, just imagine that I've been owned and <laughs> let your heart be at rest. That said, recently it's been circulating in the tubes that Violent Jay, one of the front men of the insane clown posse one of the lead performers i suppose of the dark carnival star of uh, a number of juggalo centric movies including big money hustlers and its western successor big money rustlers has recently do you
1: do you just have all of this knowledge about the insane clown posse or are you reading from a script (laughs)
0: Uh, no, I I have all of this knowledge right, about okay. the insane clown fussy. Yeah,
1: I just just I just feel like I need to clarify that for the listeners. Between
0: a kind of late entry to the Homestuck fandom and a brief novel turn in my pre-egg goth phase, mm. I was a lot closer to the Juggalo life than I'd like to believe.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean. No, no judgment here.
0: Yeah, and you know, like, I am trans, I am a bisexual. It's my heritage to dress like a clown. (laughs) So Violent J has recently addressed online uh, accusations of homophobia and ableism and a number of other issues in his earlier work. So often I think we see people trying to get out of a cancelling, trying to say they've grown, trying to say that... It was a different time back then. And to give the guy some credit, not that he needs it because he has made his entire life dressing as a clown, he owned his past mistakes, made what I thought was quite a heartfelt message to his daughter, saying that he was a fool in the past, and he wishes he could change it, but he can't, and if she ever hears it, to know that he was a fool then, but he's not going to do it again, and he doesn't want her to be like that. And I just thought... That's really, that's really lovely. It's really lovely, right? I don't say this at all to detract from the reputation of the ICP. They are about the only political party in the Western world that represents trans people at the moment. <laughs> but if Violent J can own it that well, then yeah. then there are plenty of other people out there who've got some some clowning up to do.
1: Violent J, you are our ally of Thank the week. You, Jay. Thank, Thank you,
0: Violent J. Thank you for your Violent service, Jay. sir. He also, just a little supportive dad, afterthought, his daughter is into furry conventions, so he had himself an insane clown posse mm-hmm. fursuit made.
1: That's very supportive.
0: It's very supportive, right?
1: I consider my dad quite supportive, but I don't think he'd go that far. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, until you get into the fursuit, no one knows how far they're going to go. <laughs>
1: On the topic of reading transness in The Matrix, at the 2016 GLAAD Awards, Lily said, the bedrock that all ideas rest upon is love, which I thought was very profound and very lovely. And that is what the movie's about, essentially, at its core.
0: Oh, 100%. I actually remember when I was younger, maybe 11 or 12, when I watched it, I was really mad when Trinity kisses Neo Mm. And the power of love mystically revives him. And I think I felt slightly cheated in what I'd perceived as a movie about how... Well, actually, I mean, I was 12. I think I perceived it as a movie about punching and Mm -hmm. I was concerned that this matter had been resolved without punching. (laughs) Yeah. But you're absolutely right in that love is the paradigm that transcends the world of The Matrix and the authentic world, I suppose. Yeah, love is real. Love is, love is real. <laughs> and, and you know, because it's so obviously a trans property, anyone who tries to tell you that Neo and Trinity's romance is straight, they're clearly just not watching the film, right? Absolutely. You go up to any lesbian couple and it's a which of you is the Neo and which of you is the Trinity.
1: <laughs> I can't, let me put it this way. Seeing carrie Ann Moss on screen does not make me feel straight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 you heard it here, listeners.
1: <laughs> I think it's Trinity that says one of these lives has a future and the other does not. Mm-mm. And she also says uh, when Neo is in the club with Trinity at the beginning before he decides to, to take the path of the, Ma- of the Matrix, I guess that's not the right phrasing. Before he decides to follow the white rabbit, mm. no, it'd be after that, right? Because he's followed the white rabbit to get to the club. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, can't get my ma- my fucking. Here. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I can't get my Matrix metaphor straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just yeah. Anyway, a good quote. Who cares when Trinity actually says it? But it is in the movie. She says, "You know that road. You know exactly where it in, where it ends, and I know that isn't where you want to be." Mm, mm, uh, mm. Yeah, I when I watched it, I, I kind of wrote down those quotes, and there are associations with one life having a future and the other life not, yeah, which is presumably yeah. your your life kind of post out and pre out. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's astonishing, really, in retrospect, that anyone got even because this is like two minutes into the movie. That anyone has yeah, like, Even that far without being like, oh, like, yeah, it's <laughs> trans. But it's actually, I'm kind of glad we've got an opportunity to do a bit of re recording because um, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but the red pill, blue pill, it's a metaphor for HRT discourse is going around quite a lot at the moment.
1: I saw that Lana was in the papers like this week saying that like everything that you thought was trans about the movie was in fact trans well done
0: yeah well yeah Uh,
1: but I I I haven't I haven't seen any discourse around like the the hormone specifically
0: yeah it's one of those slightly intractable things where obviously the term red pill has been quite heavily occupied by the alt-right and so they're not overly happy at finding out that uh, they've actually just been secretly force feming themselves for years.
1: But, yeah. It was ours I mean... first. It was ours first. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's mine. It came to me. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at, looking at my estradiol, being like, after all, why shouldn't I take it? <laughs> no, I think I think the only real discourse around what the pills stand for that matters is that you know the the red pill is your estrogen and the blue pill is a tenerecky and you know if you're trans (laughs) you take the red pill and and if you're a legend you take both
1: yeah it's gonna you take the red pill and then the blue pill yeah (laughs)
0: exactly
1: (laughs) we we don't deal in binaries That's why we don't like, deal in binaries here
0: like start going wonky like the, the there's like a melting mirror or something It's not an elaborate metaphor for like body dysmorphia or gender dysphoria. It's literally just that he he hasn't taken his pinger fast enough and it's not kicking in and <laughs> he would have had a much better time in the matrix if his vibes were all right.
1: you remember we were saying at the beginning of this podcast about you have your matrix quiz. And your blade quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and non-binary people pick both. I feel like non-binary people would also just take both pills. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is like, I think, equal parts like refusing to conform to a binary, um, even one that can be described by a red pill and a blue pill. And also just because every non-binary person I've ever met will take any pill they find just on the off chance it does something fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's uh, no secret that all the MBs in our lives are walking pharmacies
1: mum if you're listening I'm sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good. the good kind of walking pharmacies the good kind of walking pharmacies yeah Embrace just paracetamol find, in case it's ibuprofen and they've got a headache yeah. because of transphobia
1: yeah it's just it's just antihistamines it that, is, that's it.
0: it's, just, it's iron supplements like <laughs> when was the last oh my god It, it wasn't so- anemic
1: I haven't taken my iron supplement today <laughs> yet, <for the laughs> reminder. Go take
0: that red pill
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reminder, thank you
0: Yeah, well, this podcast Now has a medicinal function
1: <laughs> um, Take your iron
0: Yes, if you're listening along at home Take your pills, whatever they may be <laughs> all we've got time for here for the moment but you know if you've listened to this podcast and you feel that the suppression of your identity might actually be a necessary component of the extraction of your labor then you might well be transgender so (laughs) slap on the matrix you've earned it
1: yeah yeah put that bad boy on
0: (laughs) open palm slam that bad boy in (laughs) Would you like to give us a few final words before we head?
1: Uh, At the end of each episode, we would like to shout out to a charitable project or a crowdfund. If you would like to be shouted out here, please let us know. Uh, Shout out to Queer Care, a trans feminist autonomous care organisation that provides training, support and advocacy for trans and queer people in the UK. And also to Trans Media Watch, uh, which is run by... Uh, trans and intersex volunteers that uh, aims to combat the bullshit that gets spread about us in the media day to day. Uh, Two very good charities there. So please check that out.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, And if you liked this podcast, please do get in touch and tell us why. If you didn't like this podcast then why are you still here at this point? You've been listening mm-hmm. to it for almost an hour. If
1: you did listen, thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're one of the good ones. Exactly, who and if you're not trans, far. you
1: might just get ally of the week next week.
0: Yeah. If you've got any suggestions for future guests to have on the podcast or future submissions for gays of future past.
1: If you are um, trans or gay uh, or both, uh, likely. Uh, you, <laughs> you, and you have a GoFundMe uh, that you'd like to promote uh, in this space, then please get in touch um, and we'll shout you out
0: 100% but thank you again for listening I've been Cleo Madeline
1: and I've been Ree Brigner.
0: and remember get those pronouns in the bio we're pronouns in bio <laughs> that's our catchphrase
1: <laughs> pronouns in bio
0: pronouns in bio Pronouns in Bio is a new podcast produced and recorded, and all the rest by just the two of us. So, we're super keen to get new listeners in, particularly within the community. I guess outside is allowed as well if we have to. So, please do share this with your friends, your family, send it to your MP. We're really keen for people to get in touch. Uh, you can follow our Twitter, which is PronounsCast, or email us at PronounsCast at gmail.com. Our intro and outro music is Tombs by Black Agnes, which they very kindly made available for free use, so thank you so much for that. Massive thanks also to Paul Cooper from Fall of Civilizations podcast and Annie Kelly from QAnon Anonymous podcast for basically teaching me how podcasts work who knew that this was a thing you could do so thank you so much to you guys and thank you to you for listening okay love you bye